Welcome to this podcast, Why is the World? I'm your host, Miles, and this is my co-host, Sevi. Hi, Sevi here. So this podcast aims to introduce you to different cultures, areas, and debates from across the world. Yeah, that's right. And today we're going to be confronting the question, why is Venice sinking? Uh, for those of you who don't know that much about Venice, we'll also be indulging ourselves into that as well. Uh, so, yeah. Miles, do you have any preconceptions, ideas of or why Venice is sinking, or did you even know it was sinking? So, yes, I did know it was sinking. Okay. It, it, it regularly does hit news here in, mm-hmm. in the British Isles uh, and, and the rest of Europe as well. And I definitely had some preconceived ideas as to why it might be sinking, namely the the big climate crisis that's okay. uh, hitting us and like what yeah, aspect of the climate like, crisis like sea level or the sea level rise okay yeah. uh, and then you know and as we'll probably discover today um whether that's true or false or maybe it's a bit of both yeah. um and i had similar situation i didn't know it was sinking but i did know it got flooded a lot um and you can debate whether or not those are the same thing, and we'll get into that later, um, or how those uh, interact with each other. Um, and I thought, like, oh, it's sinking. Like, the tides are overwhelming it. Like, obviously, rising sea level is probably a factor. And now that I've done some research, I'm realizing that is true, but it is, like, a tiny part of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I also wanted to ask you just uh, whether you had any experiences of Venice yourself, personally, perhaps as a tourist or you know people that have been there, what your 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 ideas of Venice are as... Yeah, so I've, cl- I've seen the pictures. My parents have gone. I have not. Uh, I know it's like, it's a really interesting city because like the roads are canals and you take uh, gondolas, which are like fancy boats around. Um, uh, and then they also have like speed boats. And I knew there was like one big canal going through it and then a bunch of other little canals um, through the city and it's just like really cool because like there are no cars there are no bikes there are no motorcycles it's very like it's a different way to imagine um a city and and i'm not saying other cities don't have canals they do and those canals are used for transportation but what's really interesting about venice is how like that is the transportation that is everything those are the roads yeah exactly i'd I'd agree with you there on on that that uh, i i get a bit annoyed when people say oh so we'll take an example of this. Like people say Amsterdam is the Venice of the North yeah. and Stockholm's the, the Venice of the North. And it's like, well, no, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, Nothing can really compare to Venice in the same way. And, and it's like, it's a feat. It's a marvelous feat, right? You got like this city and it's like, and, and we'll go into this more, but like it's basically built on a lagoon. So I always thought it was like in a mainland with a lot of canals, but no, it's like out in the water a bunch of little islands with a bunch of canals through them. And that's really impressive from the standpoint of people live on it and have buildings on it and so forth. And we'll talk about that more later as well. Yep. Excellent. Um, Do you want to give us a quick introduction about Venice itself? Um, I feel like I just talked for a while. So go ahead. You take us on a tour of Venice. Okay. So... The first thing that we can just put it into perspective is that, so you mentioned that it's in the Veneto Lagoon, which is in the northwest of Italy at the sort of the very top of the Adriatic Sea, uh, which is a sort of like a branch off the Mediterranean. Um, I, I've been there myself. It's a beautiful, beautiful stretch of water. It's, you know, very warm. It's much shallower than a lot of other, you know, big seas like the Atlantic and the Pacific. So it's warm water and it's, and it's not actually very tidal, okay. Um, because it's it's quite inland. It's, mm-hmm. in, it's not inland, but it's uh, you know further away. Yeah, from, it's like the, you have to go from the ocean into the Mediterranean, and then from the Mediterranean into the Adriatic. Like there's a lot of exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and so it's within this lagoon, as you've you've mentioned, where where the collection of islands there. I think there it's built on 118 islands, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it actually is a pretty small place um, to try and I think it's 400 odd square kilometers and it's that's about the same size from a US perspective it'd be about the same as a Denver city center okay yeah so like a, a small downtown is probably another way to put that for other Americans who ever been to Denver yeah okay 
and it hosts 55,000 people in the historical city of Venice, which is mm -hmm. that very, the stereotypical buildings, canals that we've spoken about. And it, it's and, the one we're covering in the question of, is it sinking or yeah. why it's sinking? And then you, you've got the, the Commune of Venice, which actually includes almost 260,000 people. Um, that includes like areas along the lagoon that are built up now um, along the lagoon edge. And other islands around the area as well. Uh, well, there's, I think there's three or four islands that are included in that historical center of Venice. So you've got Murano and you've got the, there's a cemetery island as well. Yeah. And... and so those surrounding ones, there's 260,000 people. That's probably where a lot of people who work in Venice, in the tourist sector, they actually live outside of that. And they'll, they'll get the train or various other transports into, into the historical center. And then there's two large uh, cities around uh, Padua and Treviso, which would make up the whole urban population. And they have their own ports and they've competed with Venice over time and kind of like, because they're on a mainland, they they have more room for expansion is probably the easy way to say it. Um, but altogether, how, how many people did you say was altogether? It's 2.6 million. Yeah, so that's the greater Venetian towns. area, Venice area is what they yeah. call it. Okay, so that, that's a, just a little introduction on perhaps the, the standardized <laughs> figures. Uh, just to continue that, I might just add a bit on the climate. We've got usually an average day in the winters about five degrees or 44 degrees Fahrenheit if you're from America mm -hmm. and um, 27 degrees in summer is sort of an average high daily average daily high uh, which is about 82 degrees Fahrenheit thank you it's quite um, humid I think uh, it's it's quite uh, very temperate as well you know classic um, place you want to go on your summer holidays yeah. to Mediterranean like, beautiful yeah exactly um, anything you wanted to add to that? Um, I don't know if we, we probably covered it, but like there's 150 canals going through the city. Um, yeah. I, I, and that was very good. That was a good summary of all that other stuff. Um, do you want, what do you want to move on to next? Um, I don't know if you wanted to give a bit of background, um, sort of. So one of the key questions is, you know, why does Venice exist in the first place? Uh, I just, I don't know how much you know about the history of it. Um, so I do know, like, like if you think about Venice, like, it's very old, like, it, it, a lot of reason it is so touristy is because it's, like, it's this old city on the water, and if you think about it, there's, uh, unfortunately, there are few cities that are very old in Europe that are still completely standing and still have a lot of their old uh, buildings, and part of that has to do with the fact that, like, Venice did survive most of the wars. Um, it wasn't, like, bombed to oblivion like some other cities, um, and like it was still, it still participated. It was still like a central part of a lot of things that ha uh, a lot of happens. It was like a base for naval ex exploration all the way from the Crusades all the way to World War II. Um, but it still like uh, it kind of survived through a lot of that. Um, but do you want to go into more like the early history, Miles? One thing that I just you know this this really made me curious is you know why would you want to live on? Okay, let's be honest. When it, when they moved that was probably really marshy. It was. You know, it's not an ideal place to it's live. It's a marsh. I mean, it's a lagoon. It's like wet. It's yeah. It's not your. It's not where you'd want to settle as a city, is it? If you've got a lot of power behind you, you'd want to go and settle somewhere on a nice big river with uh, good bedrock foundations, and you know, we can we can maybe we can talk about that in another yeah. episode where we can. If look you want to go ideal. out to the lagoon to fish, you can just like take a boat and do that, right? Like, why do you need to build a yeah. city there? <laughs> so originally, I think uh, it was because. Uh, it was a group of people, so after the fall of the Roman Empire, mm -hmm. um, you had various invading uh, Lombards and um, I think uh, sort of Visigoth people from sort of Central Europe that would come down and they would raid in that area. So those, those people sort of fled onto those islands. Okay, so they were kind of pushed out and they wanted, a they wanted to be somewhere where it was really hard to get to from a safety perspective. And it's, and it's safe, yeah. And okay. that's actually one of the reasons why... Venice became uh, the grand, like it, it was essentially one of the central points of the world at one point. Mm -hmm. it, it was a real key. Yeah. In the 14th um, century, you could argue it was the richest city in the world. Um, 
Exactly. Yeah. And it, uh, it's kind of, yeah. I had a good analogy, which is like Constantinople, it was kind of like the bridge to Europe and all the trade between it all. Venice actually was also that point of trade for uh, uh, for a few centuries um, in terms of like that main yeah. trade route between like the Silk Road and Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and there were a couple of other rival cities as well, which uh, Venice had, like Genoa had a big rivalry with for a long time. But the the key there is that it became such a powerful city because partially due to its, um, you know, it was difficult to invade. It's not, mm -hmm. you had to have a, a boats and waterways and this place, you know, lived for um, boats and, and waterways. Um, so it had like a relative stability. It had a very good uh, governing system put in early on. It had a very sort of early form of democracy where people could go and vote and they had that central like parliament almost. Yeah, I think so, they use the word council, but yeah, it's like, yeah. it was definitely one of the more democratic cities at, in that time period. But but that that adds to its stability to yeah. to allow that to sort of grow in merchant and... Yeah, it was uh, like the merchant class was more leading the city than say like one solitary king or monarch. Yeah, exactly. So so that's why sort of Venice has come to, come to be and, and, and okay. why it exists. So is there anything else you might want to add to that, Sevi? Um, in terms of the history, uh, not too much. I'll go over a few things, and you can add any others that you came across. But I was surprised how many uh, names Venice has, like alternate names that it is called. Um, lots of other cities like have names, like New York is the Big Apple, right? Paris is City of Lights. Like, but it was it was kind of funny to go through all the names because there are so many. So, like for example, uh, uh, Venice is known as like the Queen of the Adriatic, the City of Water, the City of Masks. Uh, that, that goes back into some history, but we won't cover that. Um, definitely look it up if you're curious. City of Bridges, the Floating City, City of Canals. One of my favorites was City of Mirrors because you got the water yeah. reflecting. Just, just to say on the, the City of Masks, I think I might cover that later. Just Okay, so maybe we will cover it later. Okay. Um, La Dominante is one. Um, so it, Yeah, so it, if there's a lot of names, it also gives such a... To me, that tells me how much it's portrayed in media and... And we we could use romanticized, you know. Yeah. Uh, by having all these names, it means it's a, it's still to this day such a desirable place to go, uh, and and this is something that we might we might come back later into why it may be sinking or, or why it has you know current issues with that with that tourism that over tourism perhaps. Um, and to give you an example of how it's romanticized, like the New York Times, like once put it, undoubtedly the most beautiful city built by man. Like that, that shows you what, what kind of upper echelon and how romanticized it is. And it's funny, romanticized is the perfect word because it's definitely a romantic getaway location. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, very popular with um, perhaps, perhaps we could add in maybe uh, the stereotypical you know, go and tie a lock on a on a bridge somewhere or a canal. I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of that going on in Venice. It's yeah, and you can think about just sitting in a gondola with your lover. Like it's like it's very romantic. Yeah, and we can get onto why that may not be the case as well later. Okay. Um. So, um. Should we talk about the people a little bit? Yeah, please take us through that. Yeah, so I, I didn't have to cover too much, but uh, uh, most people who so, – so we're covering the people who are actually living there because then it, the tourism is actually so big. There's usually the same amount of – especially in the busy season, same amount of tourists per day as people who actually live on um, the area of Venice. That, that's actually a um, – so there's 5 million visitors to – Venice a year, yeah, which equates to about fifty thousand people a day. Okay, so in the so summer that's season, an average. That's an yeah. average. So in the summer, summer, and we, 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 I'll mention briefly that there's uh, there are celebrations during the winter that people would go to. It's a, there are big events in the winter that people would go, but generally, you know, in the summer, it's very, very popular. It's it's hard to say how popular this place is. It's really quite difficult to understand just how many people go here yeah and so to give you kind of an example like there are 60 uh, about like a little between 50 and 60 thousand people who live in the historic district um and then there are five million tourists a year like that that ratio is like incredible yeah especially when you think that the the tourists they don't go anywhere other than that historical city center it's not like a you could say that in in New York or, or London or, or anywhere, you know, the tourists go all over the city because there's lots of things to to see. 
So the tourists get spread out quite a lot, whereas they are all concentrated in that one one point in Venice, that, that small historical center. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite something. Um, so anyway, the people who live there actually have been over time dwindling. So for example, in the 1980s, there were 180,000 people and now it's, and the, in 2009, it went down to 60,000. So it's basically like halved in the space of about uh, less than 30 years. Um, and actually in 2009 to like show this, the people of, um, uh, the people of Venice basically, uh, used three gondolas and wrote a casket around the city and the casket represented like all the people who have left the city and that the city was dying and nothing really changed as a result of this protest but it goes to show you that like over time it's become a lot harder to like live in the city as just a normal resident yeah um and that's definitely a lot of the politics of the place are probably boiled up in the money of tourism but also like wanting to keep their their city alive um yeah uh, it's something that I might touch on later when we come to the question. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to the people? Um, yeah, the people, 85% are Roman Catholic um, who are residents, which, yeah, it's Italy. Um, but so, yeah, it's a little obvious, but it's also, like, good to know. Um, and I, most of them are Italian as well. It's around that percentage as well with, like, varying other groups making up the rest. Uh, mostly European uh, and then a few Asian. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I. That's all uh, I have yeah. for the background info on. Yeah, yeah, that's Venice. That's great. I, I wanted to, I wanted to actually talk a bit about um, sort of traveling there, uh, and you know what what really is the appeal. You know, we've spoken about it being such a uh, a fantastic you know man made place that like really blows your mind to think how you can just you can build a city apparently just on water. There's that part of it as well. I just wanted to add in a few other things like um, how how the architecture is very unique. It's called Venetian architecture, you know, and, and we have a lot of Venetian things even to this day because of it. It was such a powerful city back in in that time. Um, so the the architecture styles also they they're reflected off Ottoman and Islamic um, and perhaps even Byzantine styles as well. It's like a real mix which showed that um, they did a lot of trading with those sort of people to get that influence. Um, I'd also say that Venice is very, very much known for its glasswork. Even mm -hmm. to, to this day, some of the best artwork comes from Murano, which is an, a small collection of houses or like a, another like mini town in the city. But it's just off the, the main area of Venice. The main cluster. Murano. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the... The Venetian glass industry of Murano, and you know it was—it's very ornate, very intricate as well, and that's still to this day like the top of the top for glasswork. And oh, you know, if sense. you appreciate that sort of thing, you'll you'll probably have you know plenty of things to say to me. Um, and I just wanted to then sort of bring up you know we we do have a an image of someone wearing like a mask, you know, a typical Venetian mask, um, and that's you know it's always been an important uh, part of their culture for um there's a celebration i think on the 26th of december and mm -hmm. there's also i think they do it for the carnival as well which is um yeah. in the christian calendar as shrove tuesday just before lent um literally carnival is goodbye meat where they would okay. give it up for for lent um wow but they use the, i never put that together <laughs> i know enough every day french and spanish to like carne and yeah wow yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to say the masks were also potentially first used to have like an anonymity. Anonymity. Oh wow! Now you got me messing it up. Anonymity. Oh. Anonymity. Yeah. To be anonymous. To be anonymous. Yeah. To be anonymous uh, during the voting for um, their council. Okay. I, I heard something different. <laughs> or as okay, a, please tell me where you got it. That was only a disputed one. So, so. I, I also heard it was, it, it, it didn't outline it perfectly. It was very vague, but it talked about how it was to be anonymous towards the church where the church had certain rules that basically they would break and they would wear masks um, and 
that way they didn't know who was each other during these um when they were going against the church in certain activities um it was very vague and i think it was alluding to something but uh i don't know i have a guess of what it's alluding to but i'll I'll only allude to it i won't say what i'm thinking okay i I thought that one that um to be anonymous for the the voting was sort of how it would have started and then it became into that sort of uh okay you know fest festival sort of style and know, that's definitely def- what it is definitely today in the f- yeah and, and i think it was at the height of venice as well it, it was um it was in that case um something that people do get upset about is that the you know a proper venetian mask is made with high quality materials and it's just being um the, the people that make those and trade them in city center have been have lost so much uh money to you know, mass-produced masks that... Um, that, that all are... the tourists just buy up, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you, you can definitely see how that's how that affects the money situation in Venice itself. Um, I I thought it was quite uh, quite interesting. I You know, I think the masks are really cool because they, they do make you picture the time really well, mm-hmm. I think. You know, you, you definitely have an image that comes together when you put Venice and mask, you're like... You know, it, it does fit in the brain. That's how we, we're taught here, especially. Um, yeah, so did you have any other trivia you might want to add? And then uh, we can get into the yeah, question. Yeah, and one other thing to romanticize it a little bit more, which is like part of the city and the canals are actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, and like you may be like, oh, like, duh. But it's it's it, it, that is still goes to show you how like incredibly like special this place is in a lot of people's minds and why it does have such a large tourist population before we started recording this sevi did tell me a little fun fact about um the ghetto oh in, in venice so i just i was trying to trying to wonder oh you were you trying to, to work that, that in that. now um yeah. yeah which is ghetto actually comes from uh this area of the world and it came from the fact that there were uh, like the ghetto was one segment of like the cluster of islands where people were living. I think you looked into this a little bit more. Um, I just saw that it was. Okay, so so it was a it was a Jewish area uh, that was called the ghetto, and they were actually not allowed to be into the city. They weren't allowed to trade in the city in certain hours, so it was very much um, an oppressive um, word. Yeah, and you, you know, and and it's kind of transferred to other languages. Yeah, now. exactly. I mean, you could argue that it remains that today as well. Um, I'll go into that a little bit more, which is like I wanted to, I wanted you to say it because I wasn't a hundred percent sure on that fact. Um, but I do know that when Napoleon came in, he kind of liberated that, and that actually a lot of the uh, Jewish population in Venice was really happy when he conquered. As a result, uh, let's get into the answering the question. Um, okay. Do you want to start us so off? The, quest- the question is, why is Venice sinking? So first off, let's ask the question, is Venice, like, would you say Venice is sinking right now? Well, I would actually ask you to define what sinking means. So let's say so sink- this wouldn't really be a why is the world podcast if we didn't start critiquing yeah, the question. Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's say sinking is like irrelevant of uh, sea level rise and sea level, like, that permit like is it actually like if everything was static and obviously it's way more complicated than geology um is the city like actually and let's use a fancier word than sinking shall we um is it subsiding is there subsistence which is basically the land is going down um and the foundations are going down and they're not moving left to right or up and down like it's just it's just moving physically like straight up vertically up and down and in this case it's moving vertically down because it Gravity is, uh, yeah, it's sinking. Yeah. Okay. So would you say and it's... Could, could you extend sinking to something else going down? Could you say it's to do with the population going down as well? Is Venice sinking? Like sinking in terms of the number of people? Or, or it's, yeah, or it's place... I, in... I definitely came at it much more from a geological perspective. Is it sinking... Because we've already talked about the reduction in population and and the hardships that the the people who live there are having because of uh, various things. There's things like... Um, Do you mean singling like almost culturally? Yeah, culturally or perhaps even just in terms of, yeah, that, that population that lives there. 
you could, yeah, you could no, argue that 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 it's the the Venice population of the like Venetians who who lived and grew up in Venice is sinking because of a variety of factors, including perhaps things like overpopulation, uh, over tourism. Um, prices. A lot of with, the prices is really really interesting because up until a few years ago, they actually had a different price for locals. That makes sense because they didn't earn as much as the tourists and they actually scrapped that and that's a really big reason as people can't afford rent so if if we extend the the definition of sinking beyond um like subsistence and up to like population i would agree yes it is sinking like we talked about how that population halved in the space of yeah exactly less than 30 years that's incredible yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and there's lots of things to to add into that with um, just the, the tourism is is arguably killing it. Uh, and, and it brings up to, you know, a question we've seen coined with, um, I don't know whether you know the Machu Picchu story or the Edinburgh um, city centre where they're trying I, to create a sustainable tourism. And they do that through limit, limiting the number of tourists, correct? Or, yeah, or... Yeah. Yes, they do it through limiting the number of tourists and they do that in different ways. One is a straight up number or in Edinburgh's case, they actually tax people more okay. um, when they stay, which is kind of the opposite to Venice where the locals paid less. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of, so yeah, it's um, definitely, definitely I'd be curious, one to... did you look into why they were, like why it changed back to they have to pay the same amount? Uh, I didn't see why it changed. Okay. Um, Sounds that's like that's a governance and politics question. That's yeah. probably a, a whole episode in of itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say it's sinking in regards to that to kind of take us back to like um, other parts of why it's sink. Like, is it sinking? I, what my answer to that question is, is it sinking now from a subsistence and geological perspective? The answer is yes. Um, but I would argue the answer was a bigger yes 50 years ago, or actually more like 60 uh, to 100 years ago, um, through certain methods. I don't know. Did you see anything uh, of what caused uh, that kind of sinking, Miles? Uh, well, which sort? <laughs> the, the... Uh, so um, let, let's actually first take a step back, and I'll go into some of the like more construction of Venice in of itself, because that's very. I found that very interesting, and it kind of it helps explain a lot of. Um, why it is sinking. So Venice is, we've talked about how it's like on a marsh, it's in a lagoon. Um, and it was kind of like buffered by islands and other pieces of land. Um, and then there are actually two rivers, the Po and the Piave rivers come out from the Alps um, and drain a lot of fresh water into the Adriatic Sea right around this area. Um, and so you got a lot of fresh water mixing with the Mediterranean coming in all together. And it basically creates a lot of sediment and brings a lot of this uh, sand. Uh, and it, they call it uh, it's alluvial silt washed into the sea by all the rivers from the Alps. And this basically creates this like very waterlogged uh, area of sand and uh, mud that they basically built the city on. And the way they did that is they took... Um, piles like tree trunks and they stuck them into the into the like the waterlogged uh, mud and went straight down until they hit clay and then it would stick into the clay and they used alder tree trunks because alder um, is good at not being able to be used um, or is good at being uh, it's waterproof and doesn't degrade over time and one really interesting thing I saw is actually it's so waterlogged um, around the mud and sand that um, basically nothing can live down there. So there's no bacteria or other um, uh, life that actually can eat away at the wood over time and basically erode the foundations. So like once they put this piece, this trunk of alder down there, it's basically stuck there. Um, and then they put concrete, uh, or not concrete, uh, slabs of sandstone on top of these piles. And the piles were very close together all over the city. And that kind of created this this city like on the marsh and that's how they were able to build it initially do you want to add anything to that yeah i saw one report that um the alder actually petrifies after a long time so it actually becomes stronger okay 
Um, so, you, you know, it sort of gets more similar to the properties of stone. Okay. Uh, in some cases, which I, I thought was quite interesting. I think you've, you've really hit that. I think, um, let me add one more free, one more thing, which is when I said no life can get down there, it's because there's no oxygen because it's literally waterlogged. There's no way for oxygen to get anywhere around the wood. Um, and it becomes petrified like you're talking about. Whether you wanted to go a bit more about, you know, what happens with the salt or, you know, the salt's such a small, fine... Um, particle. Yeah, I guess you could call it a particle. Um, where... So if you imagine like a, a bowl of like sand yeah, and you pour the sand onto that to form a sort of like a pyramid shape right? in, in the bowl or, or flour when you're baking or, or whatever. So, so a small particle and then, you know, and then you give it a shake. Yeah. It all, it all falls down and flattens yeah. as they get, they go into it. And that's um, kind of what's happening with the silt, with the plate tectonics. Okay. Um, and you're so you're saying over time it goes from more of a pyramid to more flatter and kind of descends. Yeah, it, I think they call it settling. Is what, is what yeah. they, they call it, and and that's still happening to this day. Yeah, uh, and that that's another reason why the Venice is is sinking. Yeah, no, um, and, and which is that? Yeah. yeah, and they 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 think right now they're saying it's sinking about one to two millimeters per year. Um, is what I got, and a lot of that is to do with. Uh, they speculate that plate tectonics and that uh, what was the word you used? Uh, flattening, uh, settling. Settling. Yes, yes. settling is a uh, is a result of that, um, amongst other things, which we're, I'm sure we'll cover later. Um, so, yeah, so I, just a yeah, go ahead. A question that I, ha I came up with is, you know, the first things that they say is plate tectonics, and so you know, when we're taught plate tectonics at school, uh, we're taught that there's a European plate and an African plate, but it it doesn't really tell us a lot about what's happening in Venice. Well, uh, you know the research that we've done for this, we can see that actually there's another plate that they don't tell us about. Yeah, like a mini plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do, do you want to tell us more about that? I no, go ahead. Okay, so it's like the Adriatic plate mm -hmm. uh, that covers like. Uh, you know, up around uh, the Adriatic and it comes down. And that's also why there's, you know, um, volcanoes down in Mount Etna, okay. for example. Does that also cover, so like, the volcanoes around Italy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, like, the mini the mini Adriatic plate, uh, which is actually subducting. Okay. It's creating those volcanoes. So it's, it's subducting um, near there. Subducting is, like, going beneath the other plates. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, you, you've used the right terminology there. It's going beneath. It is. Yeah, I think that is. I, I I think that might be an oversimplification of it, because um, like plate tectonics, like they go over years, and then again, like this is millimeters per year, so I, I guess that that it that does fit with that. Um, but the way I looked at the science of like why it was sinking, and first of all, like how did they tell it was moving one to two millimeters per year? Like that's like that's not easy for humans to do, especially with like tides going up and down all the time, sea level like rise and all this other stuff. Like you basically have to control for a lot of things. And the uh, scientists and geologists who did this basically were using GPS um, and INSAR, which is basically a space-based radar to figure out over time. And they recorded over a long period of time, say like 20, 10 years worth of data. Um, and they were able to notice that it was sinking one to two millimeters because in 2000s, they thought they had solved the problem. They thought it wasn't sinking anymore. Um, and the reason they didn't think it was sinking is because it was sinking way more slowly. It actually used to sink way more than one to two millimeters a year. Um, and the reason is um, because of something called... Um, uh, is this the aquifer? Yeah, this is the. Uh, what, what's the specific? The cistern, cistern, I think, isn't it? Um. So, so there's a artesian a artesian the... wells. That's what I'm looking for. So, okay. uh, an artesian well is basically what Miles is talking about, which is like there's the water, there's like the water table underneath, and if you think about the piles plugged into the clay, like through all the sand and silt on top, the clay actually sits on top of the water table, and because it's a marsh, it kind of like pushes down on the water table and kind of applies pressure to it. So what's really cool is humans can stick a pipe down to that water, and it's already pressurized; it just comes straight up the pipe, and they can use it for drinking water, industry 
industry and so on. And actually, industry was using this water all around Venice um, up until the 1960s when it was banned. And it was banned because by sucking up this water, you can imagine the clay that's applying pressure to the water, like it sinks a little bit lower and then continues to sink as water is removed because it's like that water is actually supporting the city, which is kind of scary and crazy to think about. Um, do, you know, do you know when that opened, when they started doing that? I don't, I don't, did, did you get that? I know it yeah, closed in 1960. Was, um, late, late 1800s. Okay. And uh, up until that point, they actually brought water over, fresh water over from the land. There's no source of drinking water on in on Venice, Venice itself. Yeah. And then they, then they found that. So they thought they'd found a miracle there. Yeah. And then, it, yeah. And artesian wells actually supply a lot of the water for the world. Um, most people think, oh, we get water from like rivers and lakes, but actually, like a lot of the wastewater goes into rivers and lakes to get let out. A lot of the clean drinking water comes from wells deep beneath the ground, um, and a lot of those wells are emptying, and that is definitely a problem for the future. But um, that's a that's a different topic. Yeah. So, so are there any other reasons why Venice might be sinking? So I, I do want to like add a little, a few more numbers, which is they uh, speculate it's about 120 millimeters, four inches that it sunk because they were moving water out of the artesian wells, which compared to one to two millimeters a year is like quite a bit, right? 120 millimeters. Um, and like, it is why they stopped. Cause like people were noticing a difference, like their first floors were flooding. And actually to this day, a lot of Venetian houses, like the first floor was mainly used as ways to like store, um, like sh uh, shipping and valuables, um, or not valuables, but store kind of like a cellar. Right. And then they could bring them up the stairs to the main house. But a lot of these like first floors are actually like now even on a habitable un habit uninhabitable yeah there we go because they the water level has risen um to such a great degree um sorry you had a question uh ask that again uh i thought it was just about what else might be contributing yeah um to... i found that sea level also had a a level of contribution what did you find in that area so I didn't actually find that much about it. A lot of a lot of the research is focused about um, this aqua alta, okay. um, which you know is. I don't know if you wanted to take us through that. Aqua alta. I yeah. I'll first like say like sea level rise. They speculate it's about 110 millimeters of rise in the 20th century compared to the 120 millimeters. Um, so like about the same as due to the sinking of the city. So you can kind of, they're kind of getting hit on two fronts. You got the sinking of the city and the rise of sea levels. Um, and it's been about the same amount in the 20th century. And hopefully the sinking will be less in the 21st century, given, um, the fact that they're no longer taking water from these aquifers underneath. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the aqua alta. Um, what does aqua, aqua alta, like, that's clearly Italian. Do you know what that translates to, Miles? The high water. Is yeah. It? So Aqualt is an, like the way they describe in Venice the, the um, tide change. Um, and specifically in the winter, um, believe it or not, uh, because of the way the winds form and because of the way the lagoon is shaped, um, the tides actually stay higher longer uh, around Venice. And the tides contribute to about 2.8 feet or 0.85 meters. So compared to the millimeters we've talked about, this is a lot bigger, um, of, which is about waist high water level change for if you compare low tide to high tide. And so waist like level sea level change is like, it's quite a bit. Um, and that's well, only, well, we say that, but compared to everywhere else in the world, it's, it's not a big, um, tidal range at all. Like when we spoke about the Adriatic being that, that right, branch we did. of the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean's not that tidal compared to the uh, the Atlantic or the Pacific, because so so just in terms of a, a tidal range, it's actually really small. It is, but if you world. think about your building being at sea level, like it is, and, and that that you no, that's a good point to bring up. But compared to like if you if you're living like on the water you can and you're not actually floating on the water you're actually connected to the ground beneath you can imagine how that is significant yeah yeah exactly but i, I just wanted to give it a little bit of perspective to say that you know that the tidal range is re really threatening compared to their their sinking rates 
but their turtle range is um can you just remind me how many how many meters it was? Yeah, so it's 2.8 feet or 0.85 meters. And that's the high tide compared to the normal tide, isn't it? Uh, no, that's high tide compared, like the lowest tide compared to the highest tide that you you get. Yeah. Like and, and in a like, cycle. Uh, I know on the west of the west of England, it's, it's like 10 meters. Yeah, and uh, although that is ex exemplar accentuated they're, by they're channels. Extremes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, um, they are but extremes. Yes. But it's, it's just a given. I think um, the worldwide average tidal range is um, about three meters, is it? Maybe but, it's more than that. Yeah, and you might ask, like, well, why did they build a city if, like, there's these gigantic tidal ranges? And actually, an interesting point is they used to not be this great. Um, a lot of what has contributed to them being uh, greater has been human habitation around this area, and they've added more shipping lanes um, and lanes for boats to like not just Venice, but the nearby uh, large cities. And that's actually allowed water to have a easier method of travel, because just like ships have an easier method of travel, they have an easier method of travel into the city, and therefore the tides can go up and down longer. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to tell us more about like what the city's trying to do to fix this? Talk about the Mose project. Yes, that is exactly what I'm referring to. So, the Mose project is, you know, as as with a lot of um, tidal uh, defenses, um, it's essentially a barrier to to try and protect the city to to keep the sea out and essentially make a permanent lagoon for the high tide period right um usually usually about five hours i think is what they they predict to it being used uh, and so what they do is they they put these barriers up around the the lagoon entrances uh to to seal it off so it doesn't uh flood essentially um there's quite a lot of controversy about this project <laughs> uh, i'm sure if you the moment you google it the first thing that comes up is you know it, there's going to be negative opinions and uh, you know, a lot of those negative opinions are held by people from Venice. There's a lot of criticism for how long it's taken to get set up. I think it had an initial um, had an initial completion date of 2011. We're okay. currently sitting on 2021, and it won't be ready until at least 2022 at the moment. Uh, so we are. You know, for even construction projects, we're talking. We're so talking you talk about over. controversy. What is the controversy? Like, what is the like? What? Why has it been so mismanaged? Or what? What are some large causes of that? Um, the only thing that I've found on that really is um, they think by the time that it's ready, it, it won't defend enough, so it it won't okay. be big enough for the the aqua alta that comes in, uh, but. I think that's an unfounded opinion. So I'm intrigued to see what you might say on this. Um, well, like more to go into like why it's taken so long. I, I saw an estimation that like $2 billion had been lost to corruption for this project. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that is a huge, like there's been a lot of corruption and like lots of, uh, that is one reason it has taken quite as long as it has, is there's a lot of like politics that have gone into this and instead of just like, sh like stepping in and getting it done there's been a lot more like analysis paralysis type stuff and also uh um kind of like to go into that's kind of one thing that's costed i think it, it really like it really depends how long you want it to last and with sea level rise it is really important for the most project to kind of like be completed i know in 2019 they had a huge surge um in tidal uh in tides that ended up like really decimating the city more so than usual like it was, i think it was like a record um like a 30-year record and if the project had been done like it would have it would have prevented it um and so a lot of people were upset about that too and so you kind of got a lot of people on both sides arguing and yeah. you know how it works if the government's controlling it like they want to make both sides happy and if both sides are thinking about two different things the only way to make both sides happy is to do nothing in a lot of ways yeah one of the, one of the things i just thought i'd add on that you know it's it's taken so long that um, actually some of the defences now have been covered by the sediment. Oh, wow. So they've got to go and re-sort of clean them to get them going again. Uh, you know, and some of them don't rise and some of them don't retract. And it's, there's just a lot of complications with it. It's, it's really quite controversial in that, um, you know, especially for a Venetian, you'd be particularly uh, 
uh, concerned about it. But it, 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 I, I really think the tides are a really important part of this discussion because, like, why is Venice sinking leads you to the obvious conclusion, like, well, what can we do about it? And if you think about the tides, it actually gives us a it gives us room for uh, improvement from an engineering perspective because at low tide you can just like cap off the lagoon keep it at low tide and now you can actually protect venice and even if it does sink like the water is already low enough that it won't it won't matter and it gives you a lot more time for the city to survive even if it is sinking yeah. one to two millimeters a year yeah we, we have a big um elephant in the room with venice as well that we haven't really spoken about in terms of tourism and and we'll get on to sort of economics of the most project with this um venice gets enormous amounts of money from the cruise ship industry okay um and as as if you've ever google google earth uh look at venice you know you can see the docks you know they're they're big you mm-hmm. know they, they dredge out a really big area for them to you know get pulled in and, and get pulled out and people are really concerned that the cruise ships will take priority over the Mose project for defending the flood. Okay, I did not see this. Because because the the money from, you know, um, I saw an article by Bloomberg where they they had people saying that, you know, the politics and money are killing Venice because um, these, these cruise ships pay thousands and thousands a day to park and bring those visitors in. Uh, and they they don't bother with putting the defenses up at high tide if if they've got one because because it's also kind of normalised to have a bit of a flood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really um, you know a, a battle against the the money on that. And I've well. heard the ships themselves make the problem worse because they're displacing like that like so much water. It's literally pushing the water up over the, in yeah. the city. And if you're having like you said like five cruise ships around, like that makes exact, actually a significant noticeable difference. Yeah, and and add add the uh, the people going into the city as well. You know, extra tourists. We've already spoken about how that's um, affecting it. And then we've also got all the dredging to so dredging is where they they yeah. dig up the the bottom all the silt on the floor you know you're going to be taking away all that from um you know that that lagoon which yeah. would create more settling wouldn't it and i heard at one point that like they removed some islands that actually like would absorb a lot of the water as it would come in so it actually like made the problem worse by removing these islands for shipping lanes um yeah. in terms of like the tide uh the surge the um Aqua Alta, as they call it. Yeah. yeah. So I um, think that's um, that's everything from me, really. I heard one interesting point that was actually in contrary to what you said, which is you said like the city gets paid a lot by the the cruise ships. Um, I also heard that the tourists from the cruise ships, like first of all, it's it's awful for the city because having like tourists like they naturally come in and out of your city, like you you can. Um, it's pretty, you can expect how many people are going to come and go. Whereas, whereas cruise ships, like they all get dumped at once and then they all leave at once. It's like, it's not very, um, it's like a surge of tourists and that actually. And they, they don't, they don't book hotels. They don't book hotels and they don't book, um, maybe restaurants as much. You know, they might have two meals on the boat rather than three three meals in the city if you were staying there in a hotel so this is what i heard i heard they spend a lot less in the city the the cruise ship tourists than the actual people so the 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 boats paying all that money goes to the dockyard okay it doesn't go to the people ah okay i see so so the people who make the decisions on bringing up the um it essentially is the council yeah or or the government who decide who have paid for the uh, most project mm-hmm. they're the people that control the most project gates and they're also the people that get the money from the cruise ships because that's the docking is boiled in in the in the politics of the region yeah, yeah. exactly so it's and it bypasses the the actual city yeah and you can see how the city is like very against this yeah, yeah exactly um okay do you think we uh what so Let's answer the question. Why is Venice sinking? Okay, I'll, I'll okay. I'll get. I'll give it on my my side as simply as I can. Um, I'd say it's almost been a victim of its own success. <laughs> <laughs> if, no, if we're it, honest, that's a really good way to put um, it. You know, it 
it has built this beautiful man-made structure on, you know, amongst some of the worst, um, you know, islands, foundation, silt. Uh, it's at the Adriatic, which actually was a contributing factor as, you know, why it became so big, because it was on a really good location for the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so in ter- many ways, um, I'd say it's, it's just been a victim of its own physical geography almost. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you know, and perhaps maybe a, a lack of um, strategic thinking as well, or, you know, as you said, the corruption thing is just... Yeah. Yeah, not what you want to see. And that's definitely a victim of like the area it's in and like what's more normalized in that part of the world. Okay, so I would say the answer is like, why is Venice thinking to go into it a little bit more specifically? It's like sea level rise is contributing to its sinking. The fact that um, they mismanaged a lot of the um, like because of its success, because of like the the trade and everything else um, is caused a lot of things to um, accentuate the tides, uh, creating more sinking. And then also the fact that it physically is actually sinking because it's in a swamp and the um, over time, like plate tectonics and like the natural world, but also like removing water from underneath it has caused it to um, slowly like move downward. And like, it's interesting that like, everybody's trying to like make the most out of it now and that's actually devastating it for the future um and it, you talk about it's six uh it's a um it's success like there's nothing else like it in the world it's it's quite unique in that way and as a result um the city has decided that it can make a lot of money by sharing itself with the world aka tourism and um that might not be sustainable for the long run but people are definitely thinking more in terms of short term for this specific area. And you can look at projects like the Moe's and you're like, oh, look, they're looking long term. And I would ag- agree with that. But we've seen that the Moe's project has been uh, as not as successful as it, it, it could be. So do they actually take it seriously? And then you bring in the sh- cruise shipping lines to kind of like wrap that up as well. Yeah. That is a wrap on episode number three. That's right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Twitstagram at podcast. Why is the world and come and enjoy the community that we're trying to create and set up. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe. Like if you're enjoying the podcast, like click that subscribe button on whatever app of really choice you're using. Um, this has been your host, Sevian Miles. Uh, and as they say in Venice, ciao. Ciao.